to the Loose Lug Nuts podcast, the NASCAR podcast by the average fan for the average fan. I'm Evan Roberts, joined alongside Thomas Dick. And Thomas, I'm sorry I missed your Daytona preview last week. We got a big race uh, coming up uh, this weekend at Daytona. We'll recap the Daytona 500. And uh, first things first, it's just uh, it's pretty exciting to have NASCAR season back. Yeah, um, I'm glad you're back uh, from fiddling with your nuts. Um, Wow, two things uh, already. We uh, a we changed the intro. It's uh, we uh, we're no longer debris caution. We were just playing with that name. It's like back when the the Beatles. Uh, I think when they first started, they were. God, they probably had a different name. Maybe the uh, the bull haircuts or something. And then, uh, yeah, yeah, so that's we're it. Back, we're back got uh, a new name. We're ready to go. And uh, Sunday was a long day. Long race oh, day. Oh, oh. <laughs> I don't know. If it's, I don't know if it's climate change or back in the eighties. I don't remember uh, this many uh, rain rain delayed games or races. Um, it seems like every other week, and uh, you know, there's only so many dead driver documentaries they can run. So, I, I would they run this last one? They ran something like the Golden uh, Hour or Golden yeah. Shower. <laughs> <laughs> about uh, making a days of thunder which was pretty interesting but yeah it's it was a long day I, what nine hours of waiting for racing yeah the uh race started at two o'clock our time three o'clock eastern and it didn't get back started till 10 o'clock local time and they only got 14 laps and the irritating thing for me was they knew that the rain was coming and it, yeah. you know, every other sport pga tour baseball mlb you know all those sports they know that weather's coming. They're not afraid to move it up. And NASCAR is afraid to move it up. So instead of showing your two-hour pregame race, you know this rain was coming. I felt like they could have moved things up and could have got a lot more of the race in, and then you don't have to have fans sitting around for six hours. Definitely, because I don't like. I don't think uh, NASCAR, in my instance as a fan, it's not like a baseball game where you decide the day of to go. Um, you know you're going. So if you're in Daytona, you got your ears uh, to the ground. Um, and if they say, Hey, we're going to start at noon instead of three, you're like, oh, all right, we'll get there at noon instead of three. I, I just, yeah, there was a window and they missed the window and it was a debacle. Um, and it's not like it was on, I don't recall what I was watching it on. Was it on regular? It was on, uh, it was on Fox NBC on sport. Uh, was it on it was regular Fox? Fox? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you got uh, nine different Fox channels you can bump it to. Um, if you're worried about missing uh, whatever infomercials were on our local Fox at noon. Um, yeah, I just, I don't know. It's survive in advance, you know. That's what just, they say. Well, there was, once they did get uh, racing, it was pretty interesting. The winner, in a typical Daytona fashion, the winner only led one lap, and it was the most important lap, and that was Michael McDowell in the 30, 34 Loves car. What did you think of his race? Uh, I, I don't want to say I called it. I semi, I almost called the race. Uh, I said, I thought Denny Hamlin, uh, was going to dominate. Just, I think he has the, it's hard to figure that track out. I think he has it figured out, but then one bad pit move. And, uh, I said it was either going to be Hamlin or one of the schleps. And I named <laughs> no offense to Michael McDowell, but I named McDowell, Stenhouse, Bubba Wallace, or, uh, Chris Buescher. I just thought they're the ones that are always in the top 10, um, barring a wreck at Daytona. And I, you know, 
I had Michael McDowell. I got the points in the uh, fantasy. So, um, yeah, I just, I don't know about the race though. You said it was the worst race ever. I've probably <laughs> seen worse if, but I, I, I haven't put it like, I haven't made a list of worst races ever. Well, we'll, we'll get to that a little bit later in the show. But you mentioned Denny Hamlin's pit road snafu. And something that the broadcasters mentioned that I thought was interesting was at the end of, in the green flag pit stops in stage two, the Toyotas were the last ones out. It was the Fords that went in first, and then the Toyotas kind of stuck out. Stage three, they did the same exact thing, and they kind of got caught a little behind and kind of lost each other. The Fords had really nice momentum heading into those final last laps, eventually taking over the lead. But it was kind of a little suspicious that the Toyotas, especially once they got discombobulated with Bubba Wallace and Christopher Bell dropping out, and they really weren't able to you know, build their own momentum in that draft. Well, it's funny you mentioned the Fords and the Toyotas and like, I think the actual manufacturers racing together, I don't know when that started. Like back when I started following, um, it was teams, you had your teams that worked together, but lately they've been getting marching orders from the manufacturer. And I, like, I think it takes away from the racing as we saw this past weekend, um, it would be nice to see what would happen if just the teams work together and maybe a Toyota team works with a Ford team at some point. Um, I just, at some point, I wonder if the individual car sponsors for the teams say, Hey, you know, you're sitting back here. Like you mentioned at the end of the race, they waited till the last lap because all the manufacturers were like, Hey, we'll wait to make our move. At some point did the individual car sponsors say, Hey, we want more bang for the buck, you know, start working on your own and, you know, F the uh, Toyota. Um, I know it was back in the day, if your guy drove a Chevy car, you had um, uh, Calvin pissing on a Ford logo and vice versa. But the fact that the, the, the manufacturers work that much together, I think that's a recent thing. And I think it actually takes away from the racing. Well, in the, it's funny, like the, the teams were working together because in the last lap, you had all the Penske cars wrecking each other. You had Kislowski wrecking Logano, and then Sendrick uh, got into them as well. So if you work together, you're fine. And But that wasn't the case. And like you mentioned, I just still don't understand why no one waited to make a move or why everyone waited to make a move to the last lap. No one tried well, the bottom line. They all, tried, they all just stayed single file. And it was the same exact thing after in every stage. And I think to me, I thought it was a lot of the drivers were just settling in after seeing that big wreck because from lap 14 is when we had, you know, the big one that took out all those contenders. But it seemed like to me, everybody was just content with sitting behind Denny Hamlin for the rest of the first stage and all the second stage. And then the third stage was kind of like, well, we might do something, but it, they never really, no one tried the bottom line. No one, you know, Chase Elliott and uh, Austin Dillon and Kyle Larson were all kind of sitting there in fifth, sixth, uh, all the way to the 10th spot. But no one, they never tried the bottom line or got together. It was like, hey, let's get three or four guys down here and we can try to make our own way. Yeah, and the very few times they did, they got hung out to dry. It, it reminded me there's, I don't know if you watch much Olympic cycling, but there's the Olympic uh, oh, wow. sprint events at the velodrome where it's like a five or six lap event. But the uh, slap asses spend the first five like going really, really slow, like trying to bait each other. And then they race like hell the last lap. It's like, why isn't just just a one lap event? Instead, like, it could have very well been the Daytona 300, and it would have been just as exciting. Yeah. I don't, 
it took me a while to get used to stage racing. Maybe you throw extra stages in at, at the restrictor plate racings and make them race more at the end of stuff. It, to me, it, uh, it's like watching the train go by. Yeah. Or like choo-choo. I mean, it's still very entertaining. And, you know, you get a couple guys that pass each other. But for the most part, it was just, all right, single file. We're starting back up. Yeah. Three single file till the green flag pit stops. And then back to single file. But then even Denny Hamlin mentioned in his post game, he was sitting back there. I think it was in seventh place. And he was waiting for the Chevys to make a move. And the Chevys didn't. Yeah. It was well, it's funny. very content with staying where they were. If you listen to the old school announcers, they were talking about they're going to make moves with 20 laps left. So they're used to making the moves with 20 laps left. And yeah, I think a, there's the misconception that you can come up and win from 10th place on the last lap, which you can't, you have to be in the top five or six. And, uh, unless there's the big wreck. So I don't know if, uh, they thought the wreck would take out more cars and took out what took it. Like the only two cars got taken out on the one. So Michael McDowell's third, maybe they're thinking if nine cars wreck F it, I win. You know, I get people don't remember that it was a slap ass sent back in ninth place. I got the flag. So no one's ever going to look back and say in the 2021 Daytona 500, Michael McDowell only led one lap. It's just the way that it came out. And, you know, it's just, it's just funny just that it still amazes me that no one tried to do anything. And you could see like when uh, Jamie McMurray and the group that was with him on those last few laps, they had a nice little group of five, six guys that caught up to him and they were three sex three seconds faster than the rest of the field and they were able to catch up with them. But yet everybody knew that they were coming up on them and no one tried to join them or, you know, Chase Elliott didn't drop back down and then keep going or you yeah. know, get with them and join that train. It just, everybody just got into their single file. And that's why I thought it was, it just wasn't an exciting race. And I also, I don't know the rules exactly. I'm not a gearhead. This is a average fan podcast for the average fan. Yeah. I still don't understand why you had to pull the caution flag on that last lap because then you ruin the excitement of, I don't think Chase was going to be able to catch McDowell because Chase had some damage to him as well, but they blew that before the guys even got out of turn four. Yeah. I mean, I think like, like formula one, you can do sectional yellows. I just think they needed to have the yellow because of all the cars behind. I mean, those were the first four or five cars. You still had 30 cars behind and you don't want them all hauling ass. Uh, 180 miles into that wreckage so you got to throw the yellow out somewhere I don't know if you can ever do a hey uh, like I don't know the the electronics behind it if you can throw the so the blinking yellow lights show up behind the guys in front so they can race to the finish but yeah you can't have 30 cars plowing in the and it is interesting when they throw flags and you could sort of tell that McDowell slowed up and that's why Chase was able to pass him but it's just interesting because some races I think it's when they're closer to the the checker flag they won't throw the flag and it's yeah. it seems like it's random but I think a lot of it has to do with um how many cars are behind that are going to plow into people yeah I mean I don't know if you ever watched you've never seen Days of Thunder uh-huh. which I might have to take away your average fan card <laughs> uh, or you need to watch it before the next episode the, you know, the one, the big one happened very early in the race. It eliminated 13 drivers, essentially. Took out one of my guys, took yeah. out uh, Mar- Marte. Martin Truex took him out. And it was, 
It was interesting because usually I feel like when we see the big one, it's always guys that are jockeying for position in the middle of the uh, pack. This one, it, it Eric Amarola has to have the worst luck in Daytona 500s because he was running really well. He was in third place, got bumped by Christopher Bell. Uh, Amarola went up the track and uh, hit um, uh, in the 48, hit the 48 car, took them out. And then it just wiped everybody out. And it kind of, you know, ruined Ryan Newman's day, Kurt Busch's day, Martin Truex's day, a lot of contenders. And I think that's why you're able to see some of these Xfinity guys up at the front in the entire race and Cendric and McDowell. Uh, Chase Briscoe got hit in there. They, we, I, admit, I know you talked about him last week, but it just kind of sucked that it happened right at the top and took out a lot of guys that had some really good cars. Well, I think the reason they, uh, they were racing that hard is they saw the weather coming. And one thing NASCAR, along with not moving games up, or I keep calling them games, it's because I work with baseball and soccer and I got like 92 games coming up this week. But uh, they, uh, not only are they, will they not move stuff, but they will do whatever they can to get 100 laps and so it's official. And I think a lot of people are like, we got to be up, up front um, for when this stops. And like no one knew when the rain was going to stop once it came. Um, so I just think that that had people uh, on pins and needles. And then I don't know. I, the bump drafting, they. Uh, That's what I was just about to ask you. What, do you. what are your thoughts on the bump draft? I feel like it was kind of a big thing, especially back when Dale Earnhardt Jr. was big and he kind of spearheaded that movement, I feel like. And it was the bump draft and it had caused a bunch of wrecks and everything like that. And that's what it caused this wreck too. What are your thoughts on the bump draft? Well, like, like everyone knows you listen to all the announcers, they know there's places to do it. And whenever the wrecks happen, it's when they're doing it places, you shouldn't do it. And I don't know. It, it's exciting, but uh, you got no one to do it. Otherwise it, it, it didn't take as many of the good racers out. I still think we had some quality up front, but just a lot of times it just takes out your, it'd be like a, at a golf match where you can just come in and close line Tiger Woods, like on the third hole and then uh, see who wins the masters. Uh, that's a dated reference. Cause he's not very good anymore, but like I could club Jordan Spieth in the, in the knee, like on the third, third hole. Yeah. Bruce and I, I mean, that's that what ends up doing. How he does the rest of the tournament. Yeah. It is funny. Cause I, I want to say McDowell picked up some damage in that first rack a little bit. I want to say on his right side. So, it uh, Daytona is one of those tracks where as long as you you can hide yourself behind a car and stay in the thingy and having a minor wreck doesn't really hurt you as much. And it just seems like such a grind because you could be, you know, a lap or two down and you're still kind of vented because you can get that lucky dog pass and get back on the lead lap because, you know, a couple cautions are coming. So, you know, those guys. You know, Truex kept running out there. Tyler Reddick didn't even have anything on his hood, essentially. His right front yeah. tire was buried. He kept racing. I mean, he was going 30 miles an hour slower than everybody. But as long as you're meeting that time, I mean, you never know what can happen. So it's one of those. Well, and that was, that was what was surprising. There was the big one, but there wasn't many. Whether there were seven caution laps, and I want to say two of those were uh, the stage ones. So there's only five wrecks, so there wasn't many, like, not many people finished on the lead lap. I want to say 11 cars. So not many people were able to get up there towards the end. It would have been interesting to see what you could have done 
if some of those guys like Stenhouse never was able to get back on the lead lap and he's always up front around there. Um, yeah, it ended up with 11 guys on the lead lap. You had uh, Cole Custer finished in 11th. And uh, yeah, it's just a crazy, crazy race as a fire alarm. Let's keep we got another fire alarm, yeah. So but what's we'll uh, switch, what? We'll switch gears quickly. We're staying in Daytona this weekend. You have the road course coming up. And in that race last year, Chase Elliott was able to edge out Denny Hamlin by 0.2 seconds. Uh, Chase Elliott led 34 laps. Denny Hamlin had six, led 16 laps. And Martin Truex Jr. led 10 laps. Uh, Chase won the first stage. Denny won the second stage. And then Chase was able to overcome him in the third one. What are you looking forward to this weekend? Can I say I'm not? I, I really – I. I'm a road course. I'm a road course fan. Um, I really liked Watkins Glen as a kid. I went there a couple times with my parents to watch. Not NASCAR. We never saw NASCAR there, but I liked the track. And I, I just something about this one in Charlotte, where like the accidents are, they happen in such bad. Like it, the drivers aren't doing anything wrong, but then they wreck because of the course setup. Like there's the one turn. One turn is really hard to get into when you're coming off the the uh, banking. And it's like I don't, I don't know. I just, it just, and I'm not smart, and it puts my brain kind of in a pretzel seeing Daytona, which I expect cars to go 200 miles an hour, and then they're braking and doing all these special turns, and I'm just like, it, it, I don't like it. Yeah, it's it seems not, forced. Road course don't make it a road course. It, it's forced, and I know why they do it. Um, it saves some money. You don't have to travel this week. Um, and it, it uh, they, they've lost some track obligations, so they need to fill spots with stuff. Um, I just, I don't know. It really doesn't get me fired up. And I used to like, you would have more of the road course specialists from outside. I, I used to enjoy watching, like back in the day, Almondinger and uh, Boris said, Saeed, Boris, Saeed's head. And there just doesn't seem like there are those anymore. And it seems like the guys like uh, Elliot and Truex and Kyle Busch have just gotten good at road course racing. So they're always in the top. And I don't know. We got a little, but, of a, a little teaser of this race in the uh, Bush class earlier last week. And that's where uh, Chase Elliott and Ryan Blaney got into it on the very last turn, and Kyle Busch was able uh, to win that race. Yeah, sort of a, uh, a tainted move by your guy, Chase. I don't, uh, I didn't really like that, but uh, I don't know. I got to do some more research and uh, uh, pick a winner. I, uh, I didn't really pick the winner. I sort of picked the winner from this last one, but uh, I don't know. I'm, uh, I'm taking Chase and Martin, and the same guys that are always up front at road courses. Um, because they won't bring in outside road guys. I mean, I paid Boris to come run in. <laughs> well, uh, we'll preview the race a little bit more. Hopefully, we'll get another episode in this weekend. We're a little bit busy with some work and some event changes, but hopefully, we'll preview that and we'll get everybody all fired up for the road course. But it's just finally nice to have NASCAR season back, and we'll keep uh, keep on going through November. There you go, and don't uh, get caught in the fire, and uh, you know. Don't get caught fiddling. <laughs> and with that, we'll see you a little bit later on. You've listened to Loose Lug Nuts with Evan Roberts and Thomas Dick, the NASCAR podcast for the average fan by the average fan. We'll see you guys.
whistles go woo. Then you got the flows. Decoration, man. It's just yeah. for decoration. That's, That's it. it. Woo. Some neighbors are saying way too loud. That's only in the moment. You're supposed to be up cooking breakfast or somebody. That's like an alarm clock. Woo! -woo!